Well, it certainly wasn't a dry or a dull affair last night in Chester. I'm Joshua Morgan here with my co-host uh, Sam Kasner. We were both up on the game, and, and before we dive into all that happened, uh, I just want to talk about how fun it is to be able to go on away trips again. You know, the, the vaccinations are a thing, and, and that's possible, and, and we're so grateful for that and, and for the chance to go up and, and tailgate with Sons of Ben. I love the positivity right off the bat, Joshua. <laughs> oh, well, we have to start positive. Uh, and the game did start positive. But before we get that, again, thanks to Sons of Ben for, for hosting yep. us. And, and thanks to all the DC United fans that, that came up. It's what makes those things fun. Like everyone coming together, doing a drum circle in the Philly Stadium. You know, I think they changed the name four times. But I think it's currently Subaru Park. Um, <laughs> but that was a lot of fun. The, the beer and cornhole at Sons of Ben was a lot of fun. Uh and yes, yeah, Sam, DC United jumped out to start. The first 10 minutes, I, I think, was some of the most fun soccer I've seen from them. Or maybe it was just the long international break. I forgot what it was like <laughs> to see Lasada Ball in action. Yeah, it was super fun. Um, we definitely started off strong um, in 30 seconds, right? We should have had that goal in 30 seconds. Um, it's crazy. I mean, you can't spend your life in what ifs, right? But it's just crazy to think about how that entire, like, the tone of the game would have shifted. Yeah, I, I, I think that's that's well put. You know, Roberta slides one across, and, and Perez is just like, oh, man, if he wore a bigger shoe, he might have gotten a, something <laughs> on it and, and put it in the back of the net. And, and yeah, I, and I think that does change the tone of the game. And and we kind of see that go against us because I thought DC United were phenomenal through the first 10 minutes. They were, you know, forcing high. They had numbers up, but the center defensive midfielders were cutting off stuff before Philly could try to counterattack, and, and that really was their game plan. And and, and it ends up being a dice roll there. Either we're going to score or they're going to score. And, and Philly ended up hitting one on the counter. It, it was a good piece. Sergio Santos is probably one of the fastest forwards in the league. And he, and he does well against us, I feel like, every time. Uh-uh. Yeah. I mean, not to jump, you know, 70 minutes. But I, I honestly feel like both of these goals are the goals that you expect to concede when you play this type of style. I think the announcer... Uh, we Joshua and I watched the 15 minute highlights this morning and the announcer, I think for one of them, I can't remember which said like, oh, DC United caught out of position. And I made the comment, I think we were actually in position. It's just everybody pushing super high up. Right. And us having fewer men in the back line. And then you see in both of those goals, they get a really quick counter. They move the ball down the field and then there's a pass to a completely wide open player. Um, which is definitely frustrating, right, to concede when you're seeing a wide-open Philly player inside your box. Um, but those are the things that you expect when we're pushing up so high. And um, it's we, we had those moments, you know. I don't know, I'm trying to think. Outside the 30 minutes, it was such beautiful play to watch. And um, I agree with Brian in the chat. You know, it's not the result we wanted, but this team is fun to watch again. And I feel like that's the big, like, headline of the season. Um but were there, I mean, we did hit the crossbar, but outside of just really beautiful play outside the box, are there any other moments when you recall thinking like that really should have been in the back of the net? I guess Assad had a shot that went a little wide. There were a couple. Um, yeah, Assad, Assad was also the one that put it off the crossbar and, and Gressel lines went up that, I mean, against a third string goalkeeper probably had a decent chance of going in, but Joe <laughs> Benick has been around the league for a while and, and was able to save it. I I think that's that's the theme of the game, though, is, is that Philly get the, this counterattack goal, go up one nothing, and they just muck up the game. There was fouls galore. Oh my goodness! Uh, it was crazy. I I I, I don't 
well, I don't always, I don't want to attack the referee personally or anything, but <laughs> I feel like I never compliment the refs, but <laughs> I, d- I didn't feel like he had a very good job managing that game. And it was clear if Philly, and, I, and I'm sure Jim Curtin, the coach for Philadelphia Union, watched any of our other losses like this. If you get ahead of DC United one nothing, you can mess up the game and muck it up and, and it's going to be hard for us to get back in. And, and it's so weird because when we're, we're in the lead, we can almost always score another goal but when we go down one nothing it seems to be a, a, a struggle for the team there was a I don't know if that's a mental thing or just a conceptual thing uh like tactically uh, but it, but it is interesting and I think that was Philly's game plan they got the counter uh, attacking goal and, and then it was just uh, like I said fouls everywhere and and there's so many there, there our injury list is probably going to grow from this game unfortunately uh, and that's not what we want to see yeah absolutely um we do have the press conference coming up. Um, we'll be hearing from uh, head coach Hernan Lasada, and I'll be really interested to hear kind of what he has to say um, about what he thought of the game. I, yeah, I just love having these press conferences. Um, we saw someone in the stadium yesterday, DC United shirt, um, shout, sorry, we didn't catch your name, but thanks so much for coming and saying hi. And you specifically said that you love, ca- that you love that we carry these press conferences and we absolutely love being able to do it as well. So thanks to DC United um, for letting us do that. And I'm, I'm trying to stretch it out so Joshua can transition into the press conference. And oh, he is do you want to go now? We, we didn't really talk about <laughs> We didn't really talk about that. I guess you hit it on it. The, the second Philly goal. Well, well, we didn't talk about the PK for, for us. Right. There, was, there was two more goals, Sam. You're right. He's jumping ahead. Uh, <laughs> so Reyna gets a ball in the box and, and he's dribbling away from the goal, really. And a Philly defender makes a very dumb decision and trips him up. I, I thought it, it looked from the stands as a cheap kind of easy pk for us but looking back i mean it is cheap and easy but not because of the call but because of the play by the defender and and props to Assad who steps up and scores a second goal of the season uh pretty well taken penalty since the bendick the wrong way completely uh, and then yeah we thought we were back in it there was another like burst of energy you kind of started to see what we saw in the first 10 minutes maybe um maybe not as good but dc united's heads definitely picked up yeah, uh, and, and then Philly score again on the counter. Uh, well, we, we also got very lucky in between that. Um, you know, pretty quickly after that, Philly, um, <laughs> an atrocious penalty call, really. The referee was standing. He could not have been closer to that play without impeding on the play. Um, and he ended up calling a PK. And when you watch, it was Joseph Moore, right? Who, like, clearly gets the ball first. And, I mean, the Philly player goes down and then pops right back up. Like, he isn't even arguing for that pen, which to me, like, you can always really tell what the real call is, especially when the players don't react. Um, so, yeah. thankfully, that gets called back. Were you going to say something else? About yeah, that? Uh, you said lucky, but I don't know. I, like, I, I agree that... That one uh, was the right. Ended up being the right call that you know Moreno got it to it first, and and then the corner that they scored off of uh, the whole dupe song played. The ball made it all the way back to the center field, uh, but they went back and, and Santos, the guy who put it back in the net, was clearly offside. So I, I don't know if they're lucky. I, maybe we could add a little bit better. I, I don't want to harp on the refs again, but <laughs> I, I think those were calls that were rightfully fixed. Yeah, and, and so. Yeah, which I guess props to the to the center ref for being able to you know go back and um, make the decision exactly. <laughs> I guess yeah, well, yeah, I like the positive. <laughs> but yeah, that that and then the, the the counter comes and then the skies open up and we were forced out of the stadium and told the game was over when it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> we tried to rewatch the highlights, uh, the fifteen minutes uh, that MLS does, but apparently there were none. 
<laughs> for, for, for the last 15 minutes. We saw Yao come on and then it was curtains. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> uh, but speaking of curtains, we have the post-game press conference here by Hernan Lasada. Uh, listen in. Oh, go, go straight to the questions, please. Hey, Hernan, can you hear me okay? I hear you. Yeah, good. Hey, what, um, it, was a, it was a strange, crazy night um, with uh, the weather delay and, and everything else that was going on. Uh, what, are you, what was your opinion of the team's performance in the second half? It was pretty good until, until the end. I think the performance was pretty good the whole game. Knowing that you come here and you have to make four replacements, uh, Brendan, because of an injury, and Donovan and, and Paul, you miss them for the national team. But unexpectedly, you also miss Kevin Paredes. And I read on your Twitter that I'm managing his, his minutes. No, I'm not managing anything. He came back injured from the national team. Uh, and that hurts uh, to miss a player like him by giving me to the national team to train two days. So that to start. And, and second, about all the injuries we have today, well, some of them can be uh, bad luck. Uh, the others can be questionable referee decisions. Um, but the truth is we miss, we're going to miss like three, four players for Wednesday, uh, apart from the players that we already miss for this game. And that makes makes it extra difficult and extra hard. And, and about the game, once again, it's very strange for me to see a team playing at home, scoring two goals in a counter-attack. So we are the team playing on the road and the home team scored twice on transition. Um, and for the rest, what can I say? After five minutes, we have to be 0-2 up front. Uh, the goalkeeper make a, an incredible save uh, against Yamil Asad, otherwise it was also 1-1 on the first half. Uh, actually, Bill doesn't have too much to do today and they were a bit dangerous on set pieces and on transition. That's, that's the, the, the style of play, that's the game. We knew it in advance, but we made mistakes. We made uh, mistakes that uh, we need to pay cash and mistakes that... Uh, are costing us points. Thanks, Renan. We'll go to uh, Jason Anderson next, if you can unmute. Uh, hey, Renan. Uh, thank you for speaking with us. Um, it looked like the team, as you said, uh, seemed to have mostly the, the front foot most of this game, as you seem to want every game. Um, how did your players that you had to bring into the game uh, due to these injuries, how do you think they dealt with uh, a pretty strange circumstance having to make the two subs so early and then again uh, late on with, uh, with Birnbaum coming off? I know he looked like he had a problem as well. I don't know what the players have. We still need to check it. I'm, I'm not a doctor, so I really don't know. Uh, that will be tomorrow or after tomorrow. And the change as well, it's, it, it is like that. It's adapt or die. We needed to make changes uh, before the game. Most of the time when you come from a break, you're supposed to have your players uh, fit and, and in optimal conditions. We, we, we lost players during the, this break. And of course, when you have to make all, almost all the substitutions um, based on, on 
unplanned injuries, well, then, then it's, it's creativity is having to find solutions in the moment, full of, full of adrenaline. We didn't have any forward on the bench. Uh, yeah, the circumstances were not the best. We were today with two goalkeepers on the bench. So still the hardest part of the competition has to come, but um, it's going to be very tough looking, up for, look, looking forward for Wednesday and, and Sunday. Thanks. We'll go to Jose Omania next, if you can unmute. Hello, Hernan. Um, just wanted to get your thoughts on Philly style play, like you mentioned. They played more counterattack today. Um, what did you think of how they played and the physicality of the overall match itself? I don't know. Yes, they, they play like that for years. So it's, it's not new. They have two big forwards up front. When they get the ball, they kick it forward, and they are very dangerous doing that. They are a very good team doing what they do. So every team plays a different style and a different tactic. But it, it, it hurts a little bit to know that we consider this in advance, that we knew that this could happen. And getting two goals against some counterattacks when you were the better team, when you created better opportunities, when you are the team with the with more possession, it, it hurts, it hurts. And we need to get uh, smarter, we need to get a little bit more intelligent, knowing that if, if you can grab a point on the road, then it's a point, you take a point, and you also don't give three to the opponent. In, in, a, in a tight East Conference where every point is gonna count, we need to be more an MLS team and less a, a college team. But this, this is the, the price we need to pay when you play with so many young players, when you play with players who are playing MLS for the first time, uh, still a big improvement compared with uh, last season. Now all the players are performing well and performing, some of them even above their, their capacities. Uh, we're coming on the road against the Philadelphia Union team who's very strong and you are still, are for the biggest part of the game, the better team. So. What can I say? I don't think we can do more than this. Yes, we can avoid those little mistakes that are costing us points. But for the rest, this is all what we have. What you see on the field, the, the substitutions we have, the players available, that's, that's all what it is. And we need to fight with this until the end of the season, unless we still use this transfer window to, to be more competitive. And I really believe we, we need that if we really want to achieve something. So we got time for a couple more. I'm going to go back to Stephen Goff. You can unmute. And on what, after that long delay because of the weather, um, what was the message to the team and, and how difficult was it to get uh, recharged and try to push for um, uh, an equalizer under the circumstances? No, it was just trying to believe that we would have one or two opportunities to score a goal or a set piece or something, but you are with Frederick Brian on the number nine. You don't have a real forward on the field. I mean, uh, the players on the field, they did their best, but it was, was very hard to, to come back after such a long break and try to create something in nine minutes, four minutes, regular time, and only five when you had VR, when you have replacements, when you have players injured, only five minutes. I mean, 
I don't like to talk about the referees because they are human beings. They also make mistakes, but today definitely they were not on our side. Thanks. We'll take it over to Mario Amaya for the last question. Get on mute. Hola Hernán, ah, solo quiero preguntar cómo, cómo hizo el equipo para adaptarse al, al, jue, al juego a Rispido que estaba presentando esta noche Filadelfia. ¿Cómo hizo para adaptarse? No, no, no sé, creo que tendríamos... Fue un partido duro, sí sabemos que Filadelfia es, es un equipo duro, que mete, que lucha. Eh, lo sabíamos, sí, hay que meter, hay que luchar, hay que... Hay que ganar más dividida. Todas las pelotas 50 y 50 hay que, tienen que ser para nosotros. Hoy muchas fueron para Filadelfia, así que es una lección. Pero bueno, como le decía recién a tus colegas, son chicos jóvenes. Estamos jugando con muchos chicos jóvenes. No están acostumbrados a, esta, a estos duelos, a estas, a estas fricciones, a estas luchas. Y bueno, y así lo, lo pagamos caro con jugadores que, que terminaron lesionados, con jugadores que que cuando iban a esos duelos terminaban dolidos, terminaban heridos. Así que, ah, hay que hay que seguir trabajando, hay que luchar más. Eh, y hay que seguir aprendiendo de los errores y saber que estas batallas eh, se ganan luchando y aquí todos tenemos que luchar para, para ganar esas pelotas que son 50 y 50, tienen que ser, tienen que ser para nosotros. That was DC United's head coach, Hernan Lozada. And, and I got to say, if, if our previous coach was known as the guy with the heart of a lion, uh, the new coach might be the guy with his heart on the sleeve because Hernan, <laughs> Hernan does not hold back. Uh, he's uh, quick to point out that uh, we were missing some players. Uh, Kevin Bredes was apparently injured with the missing the national team. And then he said we're going to miss three or four from today's game that, on top of what we were already missing because of what happened in the game. Uh, but I... I I didn't hear anything too shocking, kind of what we were talking about. He was disappointed that we made mistakes and were caught out on the counter. Did you take anything uh, out of that besides that, Sam? I just lo love listening to his press <laughs> conferences so much. That was my takeaway. Um, no, I thought Jason's question, I, I think he always has fantastic questions about the um, subs, was a great one to ask because that was something that I had noticed during the game. I thought it was interesting. You know, you have five subs, three opportunities to make them. And we made two subs in the first half within minutes of each other. And they were both injury subs, um, which, you know, as Arnon said, was, is just super frustrating to have to make those subs in the first half. But just the fact that they were so close, I thought it was interesting. I feel like we could have played a man down for a few minutes and then made those subs in the same time at the same time. So we're only using one of our three opportunities um, I don't know if that's being too nitpicky or what, but in the moment I thought it was very interesting because th they, it's not like you made the sub and then I don't remember who the second, I think it was Knaus first and then, oh, I have it here. Um, and then Perez came out so, and I think they were both like getting treatment at the same time. Um, so why not just hold off and give yourself a better opportunity in the second half? Yeah, J Jason Aniston from blackandredunited.com does a great job. He's, he's always has great insight and, and great pieces to go look him up. But yeah, I, I think uh, we, we don't know what's happening on the field. Rem I remember famously from the first game of the season where Bob Bradley <laughs> accidentally subs off his DP, Carlos Vela, when he didn't need to be. So we don't know what communication true, was happening. And, and maybe someone thought they could continue, and then it turns out they couldn't. But, but yeah, it is unfortunate that we have to give two subs two of our sub windows uh, up early and then 
we're kind of limited already with what we have on the bench. So, so that's pretty restrictive. And yeah, I, I think the the comment about we need to be an MLS team and not a college team. I, I I'm trying to figure out. I, I don't know. Maybe he's talking about quality there. Maybe he's also talking about like in college football. Maybe you can't tie, so you have to always play for the win. Maybe that's I don't know. Maybe that's what he's saying is that we need to be an MLS team and take these points midweek. Or, or maybe he's talking about professionalism. So, yeah, I, I more took that as, as professionalism and experience. Um, my, my two really big takeaways, that was one of them, is that um, he is working with a lot of, like, really young players right now. And as he said, um, he's possibly asking more of them than he thinks is fair based on their quality and or, and or experience. Um, so I think it's just seeing games out like this. Um, and, again, it's a it's – a, a little bit of in contrast of what he had said, you know, at the very beginning when he first came in, that he always wants to push for that win and see it out. Um, but then this is, I think, this, the second time that we're hearing him say, like, I would have rather taken a point instead of going for that win, and the players didn't manage it in that way, which, I mean, we're not at trainings, but I wonder, like, what's being said at trainings and what's being said in team meetings that they're not kind of adjusting in those moments when he wants them to. Yeah, I'll be very, very surprised if we end the year with only one draw. That might be a, a new record for us, uh, but it, it does seem to be one way or the other. And and look, I, I we always go out and look at the macro here and, and how this looks on the season. And I, I think Adon was pretty pretty wise to point out that you can't be giving Eastern Conference team three points, and it, it, that one point would have done something for us, at least kept us closer to the playoff line, but. It's tough. I, I, I was sad at the game, and I looked up the standings, and and I think we're one one and five against teams above twelfth in the Eastern Conference, and that's a very specific stat that I was searching for. Probably pretty <laughs> negative, but but it's also true. Like we we haven't been able to come up against these these bigger. I don't want to say bigger because there's all teams are the same size in MLS. Um, as far as you know, salary and or yeah. Anyways, they have the ability uh, to be the same size, right? They all have the. There's no big clubs in MLS. Uh, but yeah, we we seem to not be able to get it done against the successful sides. Do you think that's just? I don't think we were outmatched this past game. Yeah, I I don't think there have been but maybe a couple games this season so far that we've really been outmatched in. I, th I think for most games, we've really been in it and we've had our opportunities, um, which brings me to my second really big takeaway from that press conference is, do you think it's a personnel issue? And do you think Hernan is just really waiting until he can bring in some different personnel to execute what he wants? I mean, he frankly said, we're not going to be able to be competitive this season unless we bring in new people and, it kind of sounded like he thinks we're wasting this transfer window. I mean, obviously, we don't know who's being looked at and who's, you know, being talked to for potential contracts. But unless I'm wrong, I think it did come out that D.C. United wasn't really looking to spend big in this transfer window. So for Anand to say we need to be spending big in this transfer window, that's possibly a little glimpse behind the curtain of yeah, uh, some disagreement. To, to, to answer your question, I, I, I think – yeah, we we do. It's it's pretty clear whenever we go up against a team who's had a plan for a few years. Philadelphia Union are, are just like I mean, a few years ago Atlanta had a plan, but their plan was just to throw all the money at the problem. But Philly's plan was to build through the academy and build the style. They gave Jeff Curtin time when he was he was on the hot seat for like three years in a row, uh, reportedly. But they stuck with him. They stuck with his plan. The, their GM's done great work. Like like I said, Casper 
Shabilko and, and Sergio Santos are some of the best, I, I think, some of the best strikers in the league. Uh, Bodoya has been a great signing for them. So, so that kind of plan leads to success. And I, and I think if you look at the DC United and, and the options that we had today, we had Perez, who was on a waivers. Like, no, I, if you listen to previous episodes, I love the kid, but like that's. That's that's a small piece. He shouldn't be starting games, and he shouldn't like be counted on to be scoring goals. And, and uh, I think the guy who comes on for him, Reyna, th- I think that was a panic buy during the the downfall of the Olsen era. Like we we uh, identified this talent that was being wasted in Vancouver and, and picked him up for probably a discount, probably for cheap. But th- that's great and all to get those pieces like that. But if they don't fit into the system, if they can't do what the coach that's now you know here now wants to do then you're not going to have success against against you know teams where coaches do have those tools where where they can make the adjustments that they want or they've been with the players for long enough or, or been with them since they left the academy to, to mold them into doing what they want so you don't have the issues where you get caught out on the counter sillily or or you're you know beat it and then in the small areas and i think that's what's what's happened in dc united and James Lamer pointed out when I responded to my responding to my one one and five tweet, like it's going to be a while, guys. It's a process. I think Lucy Rushton and and I am surprised to hear that Ernan wants to happen. This, I mean, I, like I said, he wears his heart on his sleeve. I, I think any coach would want to have the immediate success, and he's very frustrated with these losses. I, I think, of course, he wants that that coming in. Whether it actually happens, though, <laughs> is. Probably is is the difference between a few places in the Eastern Conference for DC United, right? I I don't think we're going to be wooden spoon, but I think we, I think it's looking like if we don't get some pieces, we're not going to be a playoff team, and we're right on the line. And I believe in everyone, but it's just clearly going to take a little bit more time. Yeah, I also think we're seeing the whole team, but especially or not, really learn about the league. Um, I mean, he mentioned that he was really surprised um, to see a home team win off two counterattacking chances. And he was right. You know, Bill made one other really great save. And, you know, other than that, I think it was just a couple times he was really plucking it out of the air. Right. Bill didn't have a whole lot to do tonight. Um, It was unfortunate that he kind of got left out. He got megged for the first one. And that second one, he got a hand to man. He like could have maybe almost pushed it outside. But it was like Um, I'm not on him at all. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that's not what I meant. Um, But he, I mean, he didn't have a whole lot to do today, and that's, you know, not typically what we think of when we think of a Philly team. We don't think of them as counterattacking. And in MLS, more so possibly than in, you know, leagues in Europe, I think teams really adjust to each specific game, right? There aren't a lot of teams in MLS. I mean, you can kind of identify their typical structure and the way that they play, but most teams are really willing to bunker when they have to, right? To just say, okay, we're going to sit back and let you do you, and then we'll get the points where we need to. Um, So that probably is something that Ernan is still learning how to kind of adjust for, right? Like you can do all the analysis on teams coming in, but then when they switch gameplay and that's not what you're expecting – he hasn't been able, as I mentioned earlier, to really communicate with players about how to make that shift. Yeah, I think Philly, I think Philly do like the counter, but you're absolutely right. It, it, especially a few years ago, when you went on the road, you were hoping for a point, and when you were home, you were trying to entertain fans. Uh, but it turns out winning entertains fans more, and, and so uh, I think it's been a couple times this season. Arnon's been caught off guard with that. Like these teams don't want to play soccer with us, or they they don't want to hold possession at home, and it's weird. But the it's working for these other teams. And exactly. so 
that that maybe needs to be an adjustment or maybe we like what we were just talking about maybe we get some quality in and it doesn't matter what the other team if that other team wants to play you know kick shins then they can do that we're gonna beat you and we're gonna you know we're gonna get that tap in in the first couple minutes or Assad's shot which was a really good shot a really good save goes in or you know we have some better options and we're able to enforce our you know because I don't think Lasada will change. I, I think he'll keep with his system, and I don't yeah. think he should. I, I really hope that you know this isn't wearing on him, you no, know, and, and his ethos. Because I like them. I, I, I like to be entertained when I'm at home, and I do like to show up at a way and, and spoil people's party. So <laughs> uh, I, I I hope he doesn't get disheartened. I hope the team keeps keeps continuing in this path. I, I and I hope they do bring in some signings and get better. Yeah, uh, and I mean we're really just that one or two piece away from putting it in the back of the net right and we, we've heard this before I feel like we're we've really just been repeating ourselves on recent shows but it, it's really the same story every week um is it's just finishing the chances right we played beautiful soccer in and around the box we were making runs and we you know we're winning the 50 50 balls like it, it all looked good just until that final piece um and I don't remember which game it was but throw back to when Hernan was very frustrated and said I can't teach these guys how to score like we we can't just like only focus on shooting drills for the next two weeks right like they they need to figure out how to score for themselves um but that's I don't know it's really innate there are some strikers that just always manage I think Wando right is like the perfect example he's not a phenomenal soccer player but he just knows how to be in those right moments and really just figure out how to put the ball in the back of the net um and we haven't had that for years frankly and that's I would guess probably what they're looking for I, there were some bright spots from Roberta, who I guess was the only striker on the bench for Lasada. Uh, or, or I only. thought he played really well. Yeah. I thought, yeah, I, he had a moment of a holdup that I absolutely loved. But he's he's a young striker, and he's going to need time to develop, or, or maybe someone to study under. And, and it'll be it'll be interesting to see where that goes. I, I the team scores goals, so they scored seven in that game that we missed. And then they, I don't know, <laughs> when's the last time they uh, Orlando? the last time they or Montreal that they didn't score a goal like they score goals pretty consistently but uh, it seems like I said it seems like when they score goals they score a bunch and when they go down one nothing it becomes a struggle and and that's something that they're gonna have to work on and, and, and figure out but yeah we we've also been scoring on a lot of PKs which I think people take negatively and that we're, we can only figure out how to score on PKs but to me the flip side of that is that teams are really nervous when we're in their box right and we force defenders to make those really stupid um tackles like again like last night's tackle he was moving away from the goal like there's no reason to lunge in for that one um but we we do make teams really nervous and they do feel like they need to unsettle us um and especially when that's as you mentioned your game plan um of just kind of fouling and maybe playing a little rougher um to try to disrupt when that's your mentality of over the rest of the field you know it's hard for defenders to really think like okay i'm inside the line i'm outside the line like if that's just your mentality even going hard all game you're more likely to go hard inside the box yeah any and as much as i hate to say it any manchester united fan will tell you that pks are earned <laughs> like you you, you and yeah, some of theirs are not, but <laughs> generally, yes, you have, you have to have possession in and around the attacking third. And, you know, there, there are obviously outliers to that, but we, you do get rewarded for having possession and trying to attack and forcing opponents to make mistakes. And, and yeah, the PK tonight, yeah, it's, it's fun to score the goal and equalize and, uh, I think I saw myself in the video doing one, one back at the Philly fan that was doing <laughs> one, nothing back at me when they first scored, um, 
but but yeah, it was earned. And, and props to Assad uh, again. I, I would like to see him score the one from run of play instead. Yeah. But uh, we, we're not going to complain about goals when they come. Uh, but speaking of these players' individual contributions, Sam, it's time for our man of the match. Oh wow! D- do you have anything else to say about any other individual players? I was going to say, like, I agree that Roberta played really well. I think you know it's funny that you just gave Assad props for the goal because I don't know that he had the best game. Outside of that, are, are you trying to phone a friend right now for your man of the match? No, I already have my man of the match. <laughs> I had him it. yesterday. I was just wondering if you had anything else to say about any of the other individual performances. All right, I'm going to give mine to uh, Moses Nyman. I thought he came in and, um, you know, maybe he didn't have any of the highlight worthy moments, but watching the entire game through, he had a lot of those moments that led to the highlight worthy moments. Um, I thought he was all over the midfield, he was making some really important tackles. Um, and I thought that he was really important in the momentum that DC United did have moving forward down the field. Um, and you just love to see it again from such a young kid. Yeah, it's good to have good depth. And I don't even think Moses Nyman is necessarily depth. But when players get injured in midfield, having a, a guy like that to be able to come on or, you know, vice versa, if Moses needs to come off and, and we have a Russell Kuhnhaus or Junior Moreno, that's really awesome. And yeah, my, Nyman was particularly good on the night. Anything else to add? No. All right. For me, and I might have tipped my hand earlier, I'm going to give mine to Yamil Assad. Not because, and look, I normally, best case scenario for these man of match picks is that we sit there and everyone played well and it's so hard to pick. And then the, the worst case is like, oh, no one really stood out. <laughs> this was kind of just like a yucky game. And, and it, it was kind of a yucky game tonight. But Yamil did well. He's, he's been in and out of the doghouse on this show. I, I've almost given up on him uh, as a feature in our squad, but he, he seems to get on and, and managers seem to believe in him. And, and then he does sprinkle in these goals in and around the season. Uh, I think the, the shot that Joe Bendick barely saves, he flicks up and it hits the crossbar and, and then goes uh, out. There should have been a goal. So I think if Yamil gets to those two, we're talking about a different thing and a different story here. So, so props to Yamil. Uh, for, for for the hustle and effort today. Agree to disagree, I guess. <laughs> um, you know what we didn't mention at the start of the show either? We really just glossed over the fact that there are two of us tonight. <laughs> so John and um, Black are both just unable to join. They weren't able to watch the game last some night. Some family due to, obligations. Yeah, some other commitments. Um, so we, we just kind of did a flip from last game. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they'll be back next game. Um, just wanted to kind of address that it's just the two of us and I realized we just really jumped right into talking about this game yeah and John and Black are normally on this bus to Philly with us so we, yeah. we definitely miss them especially when it started you know raining and we were stuck on the bus just drinking um, <laughs> but looking ahead to when they're back uh, Wednesday at uh, 8 DC United will be at Chicago mm-hmm. uh, should be a good one like Lasada said lots of injuries so who knows who guys start doing some laps you, you might be called up <laughs> and called in for the game yeah there were a lot of a lot of people came out last night so hopefully they're not super long term right like even if this game's a wash then we come back of the the weekend and they're better um but hopefully it's not anything too long term i didn't really see anything this morning to suggest one way or the other yeah we'll, we'll wait for the, the the news out of there and and kind of oh man i just completely lost my train of thought <laughs> That's unfortunate for you. Oh, I was going to say that, you know, my 1-1-5 one, one, and five against teams under the 12th, the table hasn't changed up too much from last night's results. Chicago are one of the teams under there, so <laughs> we should be looking for three points. Elsewhere, Loudon is at Tampa Bay Rowdies. 
uh, the Saturday at 7.30. And then actually today, the Spirit will play Gotham, Sky Blue, New Jersey, New York, <laughs> Metropolitan Area FC, uh, later 5 p.m. at uh, Seger Field. So if you get the chance, if you haven't been completely soccered out this weekend, go all out there and support them. It's always super fun. They have some really talented players. Uh, yeah. Anything on this? Up-and-coming team. No, that's it. Um, there's also just, you know, the Gold Cup is going on. That's why um, we don't have some key pieces like Pines and Paul. Um, you know, we love to see them get in minutes, um, as, you know, especially Pines making his uh, international debut um, in the last Gold Cup game. We love to see it. Uh, hopefully he gets some more minutes tonight. Actually, the U.S. men play Canada. Um, oh yeah, big one. Yeah, big one. Both both teams going through, but we're fighting out first and second tonight. Um, so it should be interesting. Hopefully we see some DCU representation there um, and then continue to see them as the team moves forward in the tournament. Yeah, and that one's got big implications. If whoever wins basically gets to play Mexico later. Like, I think yeah. it's a, I the think loser plays the in the final, semifinal, yeah. and then the winner gets to play them in the final. And we're just assuming Mexico will be there. And we're also just assuming that the U.S. or Canada will make it all the way through. <laughs> uh, we certainly hope so for the U.S. Uh, but if that's it, uh, that's all you had. I, that's all I got. Yeah, but I think that's everything. Thanks for joining us, guys. And, and thanks for tuning in. This has been Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken.